Fuji go hot in the bitch. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Deep 3 Podcast. It's just me and Mikey today. Alexis on vacation, living her best life. But we're going to give y'all the best rundown of, shoot, this past first round of playoff games. And uh, I think we can start off with the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Getting swept. Crazy. Out of everything that could have happened in the playoffs, it's probably like the last thing that I would have said would happen. Right. right. Like, who would have thought out of all these games, we were predicting even the Bulls were going to get swept. And out of all these teams, the only team that had, hadn't won one playoff game is the Brooklyn Nets, who are the favorites to win the championship in the beginning of the season. That, that's just, that's just crazy. crazy. You have the Brooklyn Nets and the, and the Lakers, who are top two favorites. I didn't really think that's about the Lakers too much for us, but, you know, top two favorites and have a combined zero playoff wins for the season. That's mm-hmm. – and and, and – I feel like this is kind of like a shifting moment in the league where I know a lot of people try to stack stack the rosters a lot, you know. And it, a lot of times looking like it, it don't work like it used to a little bit, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I think the role players are really – shining and it's it's like Lakers and you spend that 42 and a half million or whatever they got on Russ and you can't really get them role players you have to let the out of school zones go and all them how much that really impacts the team and uh yeah it's crazy but shout out to Boston though because Boston is playing defense locking down right Jason Tatum look you know doing his best Kobe impression and actually you know playing some defense and obviously like MJ too and I it was funny. It was actually, I thought, an interesting take. Somebody said, like, you know, looking around the league, Jason Tatum really is the only one that takes that Mamba mentality to heart and, you know, is the one that looked up to Kobe. And he's really the only one doing Kobe things. Yeah, Devin Booker, you know, was close with Kobe too. But Devin Booker doesn't play defense like Jason Tatum's playing defense. Like, he's playing like – like, I was thinking the other night, I was like, if he – takes it to another level next year. I, I could see Jason Tatum potentially being defensive player of the year and MVP if, if he keeps it up and if he stays healthy next season. Because like what he's doing and what that whole team's doing, I know it's a, a whole because you got Marcus Smart killing it. Uh, you know, you got Rob Williams who was out but came back and, you know, he, he's looking dominant. Um, oh. Jalen Brown and then obviously Al Horford who's a little older, so you don't really rely on him too much on the defensive end, but he's still – you know, the way they play is always in good position. So, I don't know. The Celtics, I said it, like, at the end of the season, they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to sweep the Nets, especially after game one being a one-point game and, you know, Brooklyn kind of having an off night. But they that just goes to show how great this team is defensively because they, they couldn't get right all series long. And, you know, it showed. Right. And then, like, how do you feel about how Ben Simmons – who was projected to come back has been playing for weeks, physical contact playing for weeks, you know, and woke up when I was like, oh, my back's sore. Is this, is this, um, do you think his back was really sore or do you think this is uh, another knock on his competitiveness? Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. It, like, was he willing to come back, but the team was like, nah, we're down 3-0. So just we'll say your back's tweaked or like, yeah. Or did his camp come out and say, cause I did see something today. Like they were saying, that it's part of his mentals and the mental like basically shot his back again. Like it, it was his mental, like his, his mental that he couldn't really, I don't know that he re- injured his back that way. So uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. You know, he was supposed to come back game four and them being down three Oh, you know, he's definitely probably not going to make a comeback now, but um, yeah, man, I just, it's funny how that went, you know, and, Mm-hmm. We were talking pre, like, might as well revisit it now. Like, with that trade, you know, him yeah. coming to Brooklyn, at least, you know, they were expecting him possibly just 10, 15 minutes a game here in the playoffs and couldn't even get there. 
And now you're just kind of looking like, what are they going to do? I mean, he at least he's young. I and mean, that's what he's yeah. got going for him. But it's just you're worried about him being available. And it's same thing with Kyrie. You got two guys that mentally you can't count on. You just can't right. because Kyrie, he, he, he goes missing sometimes. And then obviously we see this with Ben Simmons, like a whole year of not playing basketball because his mind wasn't right. And it still isn't right. But yeah, going back to that trade, I mean, it, it's hard for me to like say. I think honestly, nobody won the trade, and they both kind of lost the trade, in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel the same way. I don't. James Harden is not playing how he needs to play. I mean, kind of on par with what he, what we see in the playoffs with him sometimes. But before we before we do jump over to that seventy uh, sixer series, like we got to speak on KD. We got to speak on KD because he folded. Like, mm-hmm. and then not only, like, my issue is, like, yes, he played bad. He could just be like, yeah, like, I did that, whatever. But I feel like I log into social media and he's tweeting back, you know, like, Instagram uh, stories back and forth with Charles Barkley and he's tweeting yeah. at people and called himself a god in one of them. Like, you can't, like, that series, lo- losing the series is one thing. Getting swept when you are you're Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving who is rested half the season, and that that I mean it has pros and cons with playing mm-hmm. and not playing. But it's like y'all should at least get a game, at least a game, and that's that sweeping. I just I just feel like you know that's a lot his fault, mostly his fault. I w- I would say. Yeah, I mean, definitely his fault in the like fact that he put all of his trust in Kyrie. And, you know, it, it is interesting to see, you know, Kyrie's comments after the post game, like, you know, he plans on staying here. He, him and Kevin are going to be, you know, they want to be here to manage this franchise, which was weird to me, too. Um, I know that's like a hot topic that basically saying him, the GM, the owner and Kevin Durant are going to reevaluate and make the decisions and, you know, kind of fix this, which, you know, I openly saying basically that these two are running the franchise and help, you know, with some big decisions. And he didn't mention Steve Nash's name. And obviously he's getting the fall for it, which is kind of unfair. You got two stars who aren't team stars. Like they, they just aren't like KD ended up being a teammate, but that was just because Golden State, like going there, you know, it wasn't going to be your team. Mm -hmm. They've already won without you. They had the best season, regular season in league history the year before you got there. And so it was easier for you to take that team role. You left, you wanted to be the man. You bring in your buddy Kyrie, who, you know, is flaky and unavailable. And, you know, you wanted Steve Nash as the coach and and he's going to be gone. It's kind of like the Frank Vogel situation in L.A. You know, they need a scapegoat somewhere and it's always the head coach. But. They they just it, it's the same thing with LA. They got to get younger. You, you know, you told about giving away those pieces. They give up young pieces to get veteran talent, and this veteran talent you could see on the defensive side. It just they're not there. Blake Griffin. I mean, he was out there. He, he can't play defense at all. You got Aldridge, who's not even playing because you know he's older. He can't get those minutes. Dragic was given good minutes, but like you were looking at Curry and Brown, basically to be those mm-hmm. guys. And Curry ain't a good defender, you know? So that's kind of why you were missing Ben Simmons out there, but I don't really know how much of an impact Ben Simmons really could have done, even though all these games were close, that could have made the difference. But back to your KD point, I I get it. He had a bad series. He's not the first superstar to get swept. I mean, Jordan, Mm. I I don't don't remember if Jordan's ever gotten swept, but um, at least – yeah, early on in the playoffs, too. So I can't hold that against them being swept. But it's just – it's hard to do it when you had this defensive monster with the Celtics. I, I, KD wasn't getting any – like, it's not like he was missing a lot of open shots. A lot of them were contested. So, I mean, yeah, he folded in a sense. But I just think that they were playing such good defense and harassing him that he, he couldn't get any good shots off. Yeah, and, you know, like, my thing with him, though, is – there's certain players in league history, you know, that you talk about that are like head and 
shoulders above the rest of the people. So like, there's don't get me wrong. There's like Hall of Famers. There's like the John Stocktons and like Carl Malones and stuff like that. Charles Barkley's. But then you have like the Jordans and the LeBrons and like I guess you could say like Shaqs. Like people that like really that never really um lowered their game. I guess you could say LeBron. LeBron did one year, but then he came back and. It went to like ten straight finals, you know, mm-hmm. but never this, never this early, not in their prime at least. None of those players ever got swept this early. You know, Jordan got swept going against a four or five Hall of Fame Celtics team when he was in his first three years, first two years, and I can understand we we just coming in, but you can't like when everybody looks at you to be that man and everybody wants to put KD is this like top 10 I guess you could say like where would you put him top 10 player all time all time yeah probably like top 10 but like when I look at him and I really like look at his full body of work I'm thinking like he he's built that way like he like he's supposed to be but what what really has he done like outside of that Golden State move you took Golden State seven games I want to say the year before he went there right or somewhere along those lines it was him and Russ and OKC yeah and and uh, you know, you you leave your team to go to Golden State and team up with them, and you win with them. But anybody could have won with them. Like that's not like that's not something special. And then after that, you go to Brooklyn, and there's no results. There's no results before. There's no results after. He made it to the finals when he was young. I, I, nobody expected him to win. That. He has one MVP, but it's like, what really have you done? I mean, everybody knows you can hoop. And you're supposed to do certain stuff, but what really have you done? Because then when I look at players like Giannis, Giannis has a way more filled out resume than KD has at a way younger age than KD was, you know? And he didn't come out. He didn't come out rookie year with, uh, like, the hype that KD had. This is number two pick out of Texas. Like, everybody expects him to come in and hoop. Nobody expects that Giannis and his, his resume is ten times better or even, like, I mean, like a lot of other players, though. So it's just like I have an issue sometimes when players speak above what they've done. And, like, when I just see some of these back and forth on Twitter and stuff, I'm just like – or, like, the back and forth with Charles Barkley. It's just like, bro, you just got swept. I don't think Twitter is the best place for you to go to start getting mad at fans and getting mad at NBA Hall of Famers and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. And to go back to your point, yeah, that, that year before he joined Golden State, it went to seven games against Golden State, but the OKC, they were up 3-1 in that series. So, mm-hmm. you know, they lost three straight to lose to Golden State in seven, which, yeah, I mean, right there, you know, kind of folded and um, it, it kind of, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, he left there to make a good basketball move and, you know, he should have stayed there. He could have figured it out and stayed in Golden State and we would have seen that run continue. But instead, he moves on, gets swept. We see Golden State that probably could have swept if they really wanted to, the Nuggets. Um, but yeah, look at they're, – they're blossoming and succeeding without Kevin Durant. They didn't have to give away all these picks to bring in pieces to help them out like they did for – James Harden, and then they flop, you know, flip that for Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Golden State builds in house. That's why they're so fun and like to root for and watch because you got Jordan Poole, who they drafted. You got Weissman, who they drafted. Kaminga, who they drafted. Um, Steph, Clay, Dre, like all of them, they drafted. And Wiggins, yeah, they they traded for him, you know, with a guy in D'Angelo Russell who you think that's an upgrade. So they, they make the right moves. They're smart with their, you know, um, they're, they're just business savvy and different in Golden State. And that's because, you know what, they have the GMs and, you know, owners and whoever making the business decisions and they got the players, you know, just worrying about basketball. And I think that's just what the Brooklyn Nets need to do. But, you know, you want to keep your superstar happy and Kevin Durant. So you're probably going to give him a little more, you know, say, and obviously, you know, whatever he says goes. So that means if he wants Kyrie to speak up too, that'll happen. Um, right. But to, to transition, you know, speaking of that 3-1, you know, series lead that Durant blew in OKC, go to Philadelphia here. Doc Rivers. 
I mean, a lot needs to be said about him. I, I He's one of my favorite coaches of all time. I, I get it. Embiid's hurt. You can bring up that excuse, but it's the first round. It's the Raptors. Right. I know. You, you, I mean, nobody, nobody really saw a sweep with this series. People said it would be competitive, but no Fred Van Vliet either. And there they were up 3-1. Now 3-2. Going back to Toronto, I believe. And Doc mm. Rivers, I think, has the most losses after leading 3-1 in the series all time. Yeah. Uh, he's one of three coaches that lost a series being up 3-1. And out of, I think, all the series or, you know, I, I, whatever that stat is, there's like 200, 300 series that have been up 3 nothing, And only three of those series has forced a game seven. So if this game even goes to a game seven, that will say something else, which it'll be the fourth time all time that a team even forced a game seven after going down 0-3. So, I mean, you you can point a lot of things, but I, I think Doc Rivers, I mean, he's got to figure something out. You've you got all the talent in the world on that team. I don't understand how you're kind of letting Toronto get some confidence and creep back into this thing. Yeah, and this is my thing with Doc Rivers. I, I do like Doc Rivers, don't get me wrong, but like, if I'm, like, a GM or owner or something, like, how long do you keep him? Because this right. is a reoccurring thing. And it's not like – it's not like Doc Rivers is like a – like like a Mark Jackson when, you know what I'm saying, they had a young Golden State and he was building them up there getting better year by year. Yeah. And, like, how was our coaches that did that? This is a guy that literally since I can remember, you know, we, we still on the younger side, but I remember he's the, co- he's the coach of the Celtics. So then you have KG, you have Ray Allen, you have Paul Pierce. He coached the Clippers where they had – who they have, PG. Like, he's always had players, is my point. Yeah, Chris and, Paul. Like, he he, yeah. he has that squad, yeah. You know, you, you had Blake Griffin and stuff. Like, it's like my thing is when when are you like, okay, maybe, maybe the reoccurring theme in all these teams is the coach. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't win with all these players – or at least make it decently far, like at least get to a finals or something. It's an issue. Like, how long do you keep? I know they had a good record this year. I know they're four seed, whatever, but they're supposed to be. They got Joel and B. They made a trade for James Harden. Like, how long do you keep the dude that continuously does this? And like, like I said, I understand if it's like happened with bad teams or teams with no superstars. But I can't remember a Doc Rivers coach team that didn't have a superstar. Right. So it's like, I don't know. We're going to see because without Fred, without Fred, the Raptors shouldn't even win that game. If we're being honest, not versus that Philly team. And Fred, and he hasn't and, even been playing great this series. And, and you know. But, yeah, like you have Joel Embiid, you have James Harden. I'm, I'm going to get to James Harden because every single playoffs he does this. But Maxi has been hoping Joel Embiid is going to do what Joel Embiid does. And, uh, yeah, but James Harden, bro. Playoff James Harden, we we just keep him knowing that now because how eighteen points he's shooting terrible. He's averaging like eighteen a game. He is averaging some assists, but like I remember when he's averaging thirty six. I mean it's regular season, but like there's not. I don't know if it's a mental thing. You know when like some people get to these pressure situations, which I don't even think this is a pressure series at all. Like they're supposed to win. They have a better team all around. Like you know so. I, I don't I don't know because like you tell me how you feel about James. No, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, his shooting percentage in each category is down four points from his regular season total. You know, his field goal percentage was 41 percent in the regular season. He's at 37 now. His three point percentage was uh, well 33 in the regular season, so it jumped up. He's at 38 now. Um, but then his free throws, even you know, he and he's not getting to a line enough, but. It was 88%. Now he's at 84 So uh, it's just – it's frustrating to see Harden underperform year in and year out. And it's just – this is what you get with him. It doesn't change. And like you said, like it, maybe it's a pressure situation. Maybe the anxiety is a little higher. And he can't really, you know, focus and hone that in like some of these other players. But he's got to step it up because Embiid – that that finger is bothering him, and and you can tell like the production's not there. The series would have been over, I think, if Embiid was fully healthy. 
but they also got to come with it. They got a lot more pop, firepower uh, on on their squad than this Toronto team, and I feel like they should put them away by now. But they let them hang around, and uh-huh. I mean this series could realistically be three two Toronto's way, but Embiid hit that three pointer in Game Three in overtime. So I mean, we could potentially see this be the first time ever a, a team down 0-3 come back and win just based on how Philly's been playing. Um, I expect Philly to win. I think they'll win game six, but it, it's just if they go out there in Toronto, lose game six, that's I, like, how do you not blow this thing up at the end? And then you're going to look at that trade. Y'all, uh, the, the Nets and, and Philly both out in the first round, if that happens after that trade, like that's just, you can't have that happen. And I, you know, it just, I don't know what they can do. It's ridiculous. Like, like that's just, it's literally ridiculous. James has to step up if Joel Embiid is hurt. There's like not, no other way around it. Like you are, you are the superstar. You are the MVP. You are the dude that has 60 point triple double. Like that's you. And that wasn't that long ago that you're doing all this stuff anyway. Like step up at the end of the day. That's just what it is. Just step up. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Like, he was doing that, you know, as you were talking about Doc Rivers, you know, coaches that kind of, you know, are good coaches that got superstars but just don't do anything in the playoffs. I, I comp him to Mike D'Antoni. D'Antoni didn't wear – you know, didn't win a win, ring as a coach, but, you know, he his teams were always overperforming. And he had that chance with Harden and Chris Paul in Houston. But at least th- – this is uh, an argument against Doc. Like, at least with – Dan Tony, his point guards had ridiculous seasons and, and he's gotten people to win the MVPs with the way he used the point guard position. And I don't really see that with Doc. Like, I don't see a guy, you know, Embiid, I feel like was going to do this with or without Doc Rivers, to be honest. You know, yeah. I, I just don't see Doc really elevating his players because, like you said, he's always had a superstar. Like, Chris Paul, Chris Paul was Chris Paul before Doc Rivers was, you know, was even, he had Chris Paul the big three in Boston, like those guys were already established and made. And like, I don't see the player development with doc rivers. And that's kind of why, like, I just, it's hard for me to see that if they get bounced, even in the second round, I don't see why they would keep them back next year. Yeah, It's crazy. You know, and uh, shoot, we could trans- transition over to this Dallas series. Dallas versus Utah. Yep. Speaking of blowing stuff up, what do you think happens in Utah? I think they're gonna lose the series. They're down three two, but do you? What do you think you should do in Utah? I mean, I, rumors are they're gonna trade Gobert, try and trade him first, and, and so that way you can keep Mitchell. But I think you just gotta blow it up, man. I, I think just get rid of everybody, start over fresh, because whatever you got now just isn't working. Mm. You know, you, you do all these things in the regular season and come playoffs, you just it, – it's a completely different team. You know, you, you they can't – they're not as elite scoring and, and Gobert gets exposed. You saw Doncic just toy with him underneath the rim. Uh, he, he, there was that one play where he, like, pumped fake three times and then drew the foul on Gobert. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, you know, Gobert gets exposed in the playoffs. Like, he can be this greatest defender all he wants all regular season, but this is where it matters. and. He's just—he's not—he's not an elite guy. He's above average at best. So, the fact that you're hunting, uh, how many times defensive player of the year? Uh, you know, uh, you're hunting him on the floor and going up against him like that, that should say something. So, I, I think he's going to be the first to go. Where he goes, I'm thinking the only choice they got is sending him somewhere that that's also rebuilding. Because what I don't know a championship squad that that's going to use him or at least guys who are going to want to play with him. Cause I don't even think he's liked around the league, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to get paid too, because even though he's not like one of them top guys, not Joel Embiid, he does have that. I like, got these defensive play of the years, you know, like they carry in the contract situations. And I mean, it does hold weight, even if everybody sees how it is in the playoffs or, you know, so I mean, yeah, I think they got to blow it up. And I think the series probably would have been over if Luke had played from the start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, that that was our prediction. I mean, if Luca was healthy, then yeah, Dallas is going to run this series. And I mean, they were running it without him. So I, I can't see Utah winning at all. And it's just it, it, the games. Honestly, like even having haven't felt that close, even though they have been, it just it feels like Dallas, like just eye test wise, has been running away with all these games. But yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be fun to watch. I, it, they're catching some luck with the injuries, and so is Golden State and the Celtics. But everybody else, I mean, you got some key guys down or hurt, playing hurt, that, that can make a difference in these playoffs. Like Golden State, if they could stay healthy, you can you could beat a Bookerless Phoenix team. Um, I, I still think Memphis obviously can give some tough fights too, but that's another series. Yeah. Two two, I I think Grizzlies are gonna win it. Like I, I really think Minnesota's just kind of playing well. Cat finally had a good game, but that's not gonna happen every game, and I don't think that's gonna happen tonight either. Obviously, we're recording this before the games, but yeah, I, I think Grizzlies are, are are gonna take that one tonight. They're gonna go up three two. It was nice that Morant sent his uh, most improved player over to Desmond Bain. You know the other yeah. was yesterday. I thought that was pretty cool because, I mean, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know how you can go from, like, rookie of the year, have a great second season, and then you're, you're most – I don't know. Yeah, it don't make awards, sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, they should have gave it to a Jordan Poole, a Desmond Bain, or a Brunson, like guys like those who yeah. were kind of role players and, and they just, like, blew up. Yeah, and I know before we jump to that Memphis series, I know you just said Brunson, Jalen Brunson. Now – the Mavericks had a chance to extend him for four years, $55 million in the season and didn't offer it. How sick do you think they are right now? Because the boy is hooping. Like, he's hooping. Oh. And I know his dad came out and said, we're not taking no discount. So I would be sick, you know what I'm saying, if, I, if I'm a Mavericks fan or in the Mavericks organization because he's really coming out here and balling, especially stepping up in the games and Luca was out, mm-hmm. you know. So that's tough. That's tough. I, I would be really sick that we didn't resign him if I was a Dallas fan. Yeah, you could have had him real cheap and for four years too. Like right. that would have helped. That, that could have helped you big time by getting another a third star in here. Like I, obviously at the time you, you don't think that's gonna happen, but you know props right. to Brunson by you know working hard and, and just putting on a show. I mean, forty one points and then what he backed that up with a thirty one point game. I think after that. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that him and Luca combined are averaging what sixty points a game together, mm-hmm. that's I mean that's deadly for the playoffs. And you know that was my big concern for Dallas, you know preseason and before this start. Like it, it's a bunch of like really bad role players and Luca who, who's got to carry it. But yeah, Brunson, if they can get that second guy, what Porzingis was supposed to be, and better. Right. I mean they're straight. And then obviously Dinwiddie can play too but uh, I'm I like some of the pieces that they ended up getting in you know it's nice yeah you know we could we could jump over to the, uh the Memphis series now too which I think is one of the more entertaining series in the game like like the, from everything from the crowd you got people jumping off the court like chains up the baskets you got cats cat and John Moran's dad on the sidelines messing around with each other the back and forth between the teams, the, the attitudes that both the teams have, the attitude that Ja has, and then you got like this, like this um, Minnesota team that I feel like, if you look like a year ago, the team looks like completely different, like one hundred percent different. And you know, with the addition of Pat Bev, I feel like he just brought the attitude to them guys, and now they got a tie series, a two-two series with the number two seed in the West, when I don't think. Before the season started, anybody really thought they'd make playoffs. I did have them eighth on my prediction board, though. But I don't think anybody thought they were going make, to make it, you know. So, like, how you feel about this? Because I know you said you feel like Memphis is going to pull away with it. Yeah, I still think Memphis is going to take it. You know, Minnesota's been playing great. But, I like, that's the thing. Carl Anthony Towns is supposed to be this superstar, at least in Minnesota. And he shrinks. Like, he, mm-hmm. the fact I don't know like that's another thing I've been hearing on him like his basketball IQ is just so low like he's like the way he's getting these fouls is just 
dumb plays that, you know, savvy, smart basketball players wouldn't be making. And that's why he gets in foul trouble. And, and uh, like, the only reason why I, I like Minnesota is obviously Anthony Edwards. We talked about that. Like, but that, that's the thing. Like, this team can be decent. Like, it, and it kind of feels like it all rides on Carl Anthony Towns and how he plays because he, he's, a, he's a matchup problem. You know, he, that's yeah. why I, I, we don't see Steven Adams out there on the floor as often because Cat can, you know, run to the three point line and make those shots. But that's, I, I think it was a one game thing here. I think he's going to be back in foul trouble tonight. I think Minnesota's going to win this one pretty convincingly. Um, it, it's back in Memphis, too. I think Jaw's going to take it over, uh, you know. I, I, but the thing is, for this, for Memphis going forward, if they do get out of this series alive, they need Jaron Jackson to get back on track on what he was in this regular season because yeah. he's just been, I like I, I barely notice him out on the floor because he's just been that, been that bad in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do think. I don't know if I if I think or if I'm trying to make myself think that that Minnesota's <laughs> going to do it. I think it's a more of a want in the back of my head. Like I just I I just like the team, you know. I like the Memphis team too. Honestly, it's like, but mm-hmm. I, I want to see Minnesota pull away tonight. I think tonight's game, yeah, they play tonight is going to be a big deciding factor on which way the series goes. Like, is it going to be back to a? Is it going to go to a game seven? You know, could it be over in six? Who knows? Um. Speaking of tie series, though, let's jump over to this Phoenix and Pelican series. Oh, yeah. Which injuries make stuff so interesting because Phoenix should have swept them, like, I think, easily. And it looked like it the first game. Um, But the Pelicans playing Brandon Ingram, hooping. And, I mean, you know, no Devin Booker is tough. Like it's a CP3 curse. Somebody around him or him gets hurt every playoffs. Like every playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, you think Phoenix could pull it out, or do you think if the Pelicans could sneak one through tonight that they actually have a chance to beat them? A team with thirty six and forty six record. Yeah, it's it's possible. It's definitely possible. In talking about trades earlier that didn't work for either team, I mean, look at the Pelicans and what they were able to do, just bringing C.J. McCollum over, you mm. know, and Jonas Valanciunas, like, he's been balling out, and he, I, like, I just, I like the pieces that the Pelicans have, and Brandon Negram, you know, you mentioned it. Uh, I, I wish they still had Josh Hart on the team, but, I mean, really, you didn't need him. You guys made a good push without him, and the fact that Devin Booker's out, it, it's hard to find that lethal scoring option for the Suns. I mean, Chris Paul, we saw it. Like, Elvarado d in his ass up the last game. Was. Making things difficult. And and that's the recipe to beat them. With no Devin Booker, you got nobody who can create really their own shot other than Chris Paul. And all these guys who are really spot-up shooters, like, it, it's tough. I mean, you you see uh, – damn, why, why, why can't I think of this? Crowder. Crowder, you know, he needs to step up a little bit on the offensive side making these shots because he's been missing. And then Bridges just isn't that guy you can count on offensively either because, you know, defense, you know, he, he's got it locked up. But yeah. I think that's the thing. Because there's no Booker and and Aiton, yeah, he can work Valjunas down there, but he's not going to be spreading the floor over here like Booker does and, and getting shots that, you know, every different location. So, I think if they if that's that's the recipe to beat them. And, and if Alvarado they can stay out of foul trouble and and keep on Chris Paul like they did, that's definitely a upset watch. And that's crazy to think because this was probably what the number three, four, five team favorite in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean they finished season sixty four eighteen. Yeah, I mean number one seed, and this this would be one of those rare instances if, if that happens. But yeah. It, it's just crazy to me how flip this playoffs can be in just a matter of a couple series. Right. You know, Phoenix, Devin Booker's averaging 20 at a game. Like 20, that's a lot of points. And all of a sudden you just get that taken away. And then you got Brandon Ingram, Ingram going crazy. He's averaging 36 and five. It's crazy numbers. And then my, I think the main thing though, that is a big tell 
tell the difference in this series is I'm looking at the series stats, right? I'm looking at the big man. I'm looking at Jonas Valanciunas. I'm looking at DeAndre Aiden. Valanciunas is averaging 16 rebounds a game, and the Phoenix Suns are getting out-rebounded by almost 13 rebounds a game. That's a lot, you know? And that's a lot of extra possessions, a lot of offensive rebounds where um, the Pelicans get second-chance points. And that's that's tough. DeAndre Aiden has to, you know, step up in that standpoint. I know he's averaging he's averaging 21 right now and 10, but you can't let Jones Valanciunas average 16 rebounds on you, especially when you, you're bigger than him, you're more athletic than him. Uh, at the end of the day, that comes down to will. Like, are you trying to get the rebounds? Can you, like, have heart and, and do it, you know? But it's crazy. And it's like the Phoenix Suns are not shooting a good for you. They're only shooting 29% for three this series. So, I mean, the Pelicans could squeak it out. And that's crazy to think about when you, when you, you know what I'm saying, go back two weeks at the beginning of playoffs and you're looking at these teams. You know, Pelicans, 36 and 46 team, nobody even thinks they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And without the playing, I don't even, I don't think they are there without the playing game, right? I want to say they're below. Yeah. So, I mean, if they pull us off, even with Devin Booker hurt, if they pull us off, that's an upset. Like, oh, big time. Big upset. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah, the Pel- no the Pelicans would have been the eighth seed. They would have been eighth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still though, ten games under five hundred, there's no reason you should be beating the six team team. Right. With a Hall of Fame point guard, uh, a young good big man, uh, dude that was I want to say he was in Defensive Player of the Year uh, conversations. You know what I'm saying? They they have a good all around team. There's no reason it should even be two two and don't let the Pelicans win tonight. <laughs> That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, so, you definitely can't let them win tonight. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll jump over to this Miami-Atlanta series, you know. <laughs> Trey Young has been getting, like, mauled by mm-hmm. defense. I'm talking about just switching everywhere. I saw one game – I saw I was watching maybe his last game, and they had, like, P.J. Tucker on them, and then he took a screen, screen and got switched on the BAM, and then – Jimmy Butler switched on to him. Like, that's a lot of work. You know, Trey Young only about 165 pounds, 170 pounds. And uh, that's a lot of work, though. But he's averaging way below season averages in the series. They're playing good defense. I feel like my, everybody thought Miami was going to win this anyway. I did, at least. Mm-hmm. Most people did. But what do you think, like, Atlanta would have to do to turn it around? Well, what's in their favor tonight, at least, is that Butler's out with that knee inflammation. So he's going to take a rest. Um, and the fact that it's in Miami – too, if they if Atlanta could win this one, I, I could see them winning Game Six at home. And honestly, if you're Miami and you go to a Game Seven, I think it's kind of a failure in the first round. I because I'm with you. I thought they they should have handled this in five games, mm-hmm. um, six games max. So maybe they do get it done tonight without Jimmy. But Jimmy's been so good for them on both sides of the ball that I think he's really the main reason why they they've been so dominant and. Uh, you know, and even offensively. So not having that option tonight, I think that's going to be a struggle. Uh, and Capella's back in too. I think he, he started tonight. So yeah. you got the, the best defensive player on the Hawks back and playing, and you got the best defensive player on the, the Heat out. So th- this, could, this could be a potential, you know, swing game here, and, and Atlanta can take it. And make things interesting. I still think Miami's going to win this if Jimmy comes back in game. Uh, what would that be? Game six. I think yeah. Heat'll take it. But you, you just you don't want to give it that chance. But give it up to the Heat. I, I I still feel like there's something missing with them though. Like I don't know, just the way they this series is gone. I feel like they should be. I don't know. I just feel like something's missing there. But and I I, I forgot is Lowry out for the series too. Uh, I don't know if he's out for the series. I know he's out right now, though. Yeah. I want to say it was his hamstring. Yeah. Yeah. It was his hamstring here, right? I mean, usually does like at least a two-week thing. Yeah. You know, so. I so think what they want to do is get out of this series. Yeah, they got to get out of the series. And, like, <laughs> even if they make it out the series, though, if Philly doesn't blow this – Philly-Toronto series, I don't think they'll get past Philly. 
But I, th- I, th- I think they will. You think so? My thing is, I don't. I, I've never seen Jimmy Butler as like a number one dude. Like I never seen him like a superstar. I seen him as a star. I seen him as a, like a really good two. But I, I don't think he can be the best person on the championship team. That's. I mean, it's just me. I had the bubble where they made it to the finals. Yeah. But the bubble, a lot of fluky stuff. The bubble happened. was the bubble. Yeah, you know. So we'll see. We'll have to see because. I think they I think they end up closing the series out tonight, honestly, even without Jimmy. But we'll have to see. And then we, we go to the hometown team playing the up north oh. rivals, you know, Chicago, Milwaukee, three one. I know Zach Levine is in uh health and safety protocols right now. And uh I mean, again, I think we thought they were gonna get swept anyway. I know I said they were gonna get yeah. swept. They got one game. But are they back in Milwaukee tonight, I wanna say? I think they play tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, in tomorrow Ma- night. Yeah, in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's probably over with. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, it's just a bad draw, but it's also their fault because how they finished the season. Uh, but yeah, they, they play tomorrow in Milwaukee, and it's just so disappointing because they got the you know they 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 kind of raised the expectations after that nice start of the season that they had. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, now that Caruso is going to be out, I just and no, I mean, it, it, it's completely over. Like no, no chance at all. I'd be shocked if, if they won tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, uh, it just the injuries. Like they, they can't really be an excuse in my eyes. Like you had Caruso back in the playoffs to start at least, and this team still showed the same issues. Yeah, they they had a nice game two victory, but. I mean, they haven't really been that competitive at all in this series. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, next, the second round series though, when I'm gonna say when Milwaukee wins, because I think everybody knows they're gonna win. Yeah, a Milwaukee Boston game series, that's gonna be a good series. Yup, I think that that's gonna probably be better than any conference finals we're gonna get because I think yeah. winner, I think the winner of that's going to the finals. Winner of that series next mm-hmm. round is going to the finals. And I honestly, I hope it's the Celtics. I, I think they're going to be the one that's going to give Milwaukee the biggest fits. And, you know, Milwaukee isn't I, – I still don't think they're that great offensively. That You've got Giannis, and, and don't let him get downhill. But they have so many bodies and, and so much length on the Celtics defense, uh, on the Celtics team that, you know, I think they're going to be bo- able to bottle up Giannis and really hold everybody else. Uh, you know, I, I think – Smart's going to give Drew Holiday a lot of issues. Uh, you know, Tatum, you, you put him on Middleton, you can put him on Giannis, wherever you want to put him. Uh, and, yeah, I just – I think it's going to be a, a matchup problem for them as well. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping Golden State and in, in Boston in, in the finals, to be honest. I think that'll be the greatest matchup we've had in, in some recent time here in the finals. Yeah, I, I'm like – well, you know, if that Boston, if that Boston Milwaukee series does happen, like I know Chris Middleton said he's gonna return in two weeks, or at least be evaluated to return. But that's like a big, that's a big piece to that Milwaukee team. I do like, I know you said Boston. I think either Boston or Milwaukee team. I'm right with you on that. I can't tell you which one, but I, I don't know. I just really like Milwaukee. I feel like I'm not supposed to like Milwaukee because they like you know an hour and a half from us, but. I just like Giannis. I like he's one of them likable dudes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. You can't stop him. He's one of them like old school Shaq players. Like you can't. I feel like if you're gonna play defense, you have to focus on everybody around him. Giannis is gonna do what Giannis does. Certain players that do that, you know, and make sure y'all lock everybody else up. You lock everybody else up, you gonna win him because he's not gonna be that team by himself. I will say, put Giannis on Jason Tatum. It's gonna be a lot harder time than KD on Jason Tatum. Yeah, you're not just you're not just gonna body Giannis. You're not. He's taller than Jason Tatum. You know, it's like I feel like he's more athletic than KD. Like it's it's gonna be a way tougher matchup for both teams. Yeah, and that's the thing is uh, with how great like of a defensive matchup that is uh, for both teams. I still think that Celtics have a little more firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Because, I mean, you got to worry about Brown and Tatum, like both of those dudes. And 
I don't know. I just I think it's gonna be difficult um, for the Celtics to keep up. But yeah, I'm with you. Like I like Giannis too. Like I wouldn't be mad if, if Milwaukee went on and, and went to the finals again. Um, that's why I like basketball. I feel like it's in such a good spot because so many teams have good players that you can root yeah. for. Because even Embiid in Philly, like I, he's a, so likable too. And um, it's just it, it, it's fun to, where, where the league's going to be able to root for you know when your team's out real early in the first round you can you can find a different team to kind yeah. of attach and root for right. yeah i mean like that match would be good you got like the Giannis versus jason tatum chris Middleton versus jalen brown and then you got the two defensive players you got guards at that with uh drew holiday and marcus smart it'll be a good yeah. series if that happens and the last year we haven't talked about is this denver golden state uh i mean golden state closes out tomorrow i feel like yeah um I don't think as much Denver could do with the injuries that they had. I love Jokic. I think I think Jokic should win the MVP personally. But I that is I feel like it's, that's a three headed horse between Giannis and Bede and Jokic. It don't really yeah. matter which one you give it to. All of them deserve it at the end of the day. Um but yeah, Golden State is just hitting right now. Like even if one dude is not playing good, you got two other that can be thirty at any, any given night. So, like, what can you really do? Like, Jordan Poole playing crazy after being drafted 29th. You know. I, That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, you're saying uh, In-house. Like, in-house. Like, in and, and they develop. It's not that they draft good guys, too, but they also, like, just develop and they progress year in and year out. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's one of those few teams where you can look at and like it, it, them and the Celtics. That's why I kind of like like that finals because the Celtics too. Like all those guys are in house, you know. Aside from Al Horford, but that starting five. I mean, Rob Williams drafted by the Celtics, Tatum Brown, Smart drafted by the Celtics. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, even some of the bench guys that are having good games. It, it, it's 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 good to see that you still got that in the league that all these stars want to join up and, and get, you know, forced their way out and get traded so they can play with their buddies or just play with another star. Um, and you got these two teams that are doing it the right and the old fashioned way by now we're going to, we're going to evaluate talent through the draft. And then we're also going to be able to help that guy progress throughout, you know, the time here. And that's why I think Steve Kerr is, Probably, I, I don't know. In my eyes, he is the best coach right now in basketball out of all the coaches coaching. I just, uh, what he's been able to do when Steph was out and managing all that, like I know they, they tanked those couple years to get the mm. Wiseman pick and all that. But, I mean, they flipped, and that was smart too. The GM there it doesn't get enough credit. Like they flipped that um, Russell, you know, that, that Russell trade. They, they got Wiseman. Uh, or not, they had that pick, but they got uh Kaminga out of that, yeah. So that that's that's filthy. And Kaminga, another guy who they drafted, who already his rookie year showed signs that he's going to be a problem. So Golden State is set up for the future. And I, if they can go out and get back to a title, I mean, this dynasty, like, how, how do these guys not? sign and, and come back on, on a deal just so they can keep the talent around because Jordan Poole if they can't keep him you know he's getting paid somewhere else he, he's gonna get the money for another team yeah that's that's what I was gonna bring up to you too is do you feel like like we know we know this Warriors team they've had the same core for years but how would you say you keep a Clay Thompson and a Jordan Poole like on the same team because like when I look at it and I think about when Jordan's gonna get paid like as much as Clay's loved and I love Clay Thompson you know like how does Golden State keep him it's tough I without, know it's without tough. getting other players other pieces I mean he's coming off two major injuries like career ending injuries for a lot of guys but the way Jordan Poole is moving like there's no way if it did come to a decision where you had to, like, you know what I'm saying, keep both or pay both or whatever, like, I don't know if you could keep Clay. Oh, it's tough. But I, and I know you're talking about them homegrown uh, teams, too. 
that like I feel like they're more likable. We have like with the Golden States and all that. But mm. like Denver is another team where like they draft. Like they, obviously they hit on the Jokic, which is the best late draft pick ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got Jamal Murray who was picked by them. You got MPJ. Uh, I like Bones Highland on the team. Like it's a lot of in-house dudes. I just I, I do feel like those are just like more likable teams because it's not these big name dudes just chasing to play with each other and you know, right. But yeah, yeah, because you you can make an argument like. Most of these, I mean, other than Memphis, actually, too, because Memphis, you could say, did a lot of the right moves and and didn't bring in like a a superstar. Uh, But like, like, like even the obviously the teams that are out, like the Lakers, the Clippers, who traded for a star, um, you know, Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn, Philly traded for a star uh, and, you know, gave away a lot of picks to get these stars. And, Now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see what OKC does with all those picks because you got all these picks. You better, you better turn this thing around in the next three years, and you better not be, you know, bottom of the league anymore. But because they're going right. to be able to say that too, and, and they might be one of those teams that we see like damn, see, in house, all that. But they have no choice but to succeed with how many picks they were able to get out of everybody. Um, but yeah, that uh, and. Uh, yeah, I just it's it's fun to see when you got that in the league. Yeah, it is. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's every round of the playoffs went over. It's definitely been interesting. Injuries have mm-hmm. shaken stuff up, so we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, all right. Thank y'all for watching. It's the D Three Podcast, and uh, tune in next week every Tuesday. Yeah, see you guys next week. Fuji go hot in the bitch.